all the smoke was coming down. You couldn't even see the mountains anymore. And then I was sick, and, and Beth was, we were sitting there talking. She said, well, let's just go home. And uh, so we just drove home. We spent three days driving home, had a good time. Uh, it was a blessing. Beth is a blessing to be around. Uh, I might not be too much, but she is. Uh, it's amazing. You know, Lord, he, he takes care of the smallest things. And brethren, uh, like that, that song we just sang, uh, Glory to His Name. Uh, we were, I was uh, on, uh, was it Wednesday night? Wednesday night. Thursday night. Tuesday night. Uh, I told Beth, I said, she, she didn't want to drive home. We got on the other side of Indianapolis over there. And, and she was tired, and, and I knew she didn't want me to drive. And I said, okay. So I'll get your hotel room. So I went and got a nice one. Went to got Renaissance by Hilton. And it's a nice hotel. Uh, it's like a $170 hotel. Got it for $124 on Priceline. You know, last minute deal. So we got there, and I said, I'll get her a good place to sleep tonight so she can rest. And she hadn't been resting a whole lot. And, and we got there, and the guy goes, oh, the Indianapolis 500 is in town this week, and all the hotels are booked, and ours is booked up, and you don't have a room. And I'm sitting there going, okay. And I said, all right. Then, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. What do, we, what do you want us to do? They go, you know what we're going to do? The Hilton is sitting right there, and we're going to put you in the Hilton tonight. So, yeah, that's exactly what I said. So they gave me a room, like twice the room that I had, and it's better. Everything was good. Breakfast was better. Everything was better. It was just better, 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 better. And you say, the Lord don't pay. He does pay attention. And, brethren, in the smallest little intricate parts of your life, he cares. And where we mess up in life is we think that we can deal with what we're doing with our own way, and you can't. You have no idea. You can do the best you possibly can. But when it gets right down to it, it's God. Take your Bibles go to Genesis. Hey, man, I'm almost, I only, I'm like 18 chapters from the end of the book of Genesis. I'm hoping the rapture will happen before I get done. <clears throat> but Jacob, Jacob is sitting here. He's coming back from Padan Naram, and he's, he's, Laban's been on his back for 20 years. Jacob has been on his case. Jacob's been on his own case for 20 years. Jacob just got done wrestling with an angel. Starts in chapter 33. It says, and Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau came. And with him 400 men, and he divided the children uh, unto Leah and Rachel and the two handmaids. And he put the handmaids and their children foremost, and Leah and her children after, uh, after and Rachel and Joseph hindermost. And he passed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near his brother Esau. Father, again, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for letting us come back to church. Thank you for a church to come to. Lord, what a blessing it is. Uh, today's a good day, Lord. Uh, it's a day of remembrance. Lord, uh, there's so many people that uh, gave their lives for us to even be here today and gives us the, the everybody that's out there, police officers, uh, military, everybody, Lord, that's doing what they're doing today, uh, Lord, gives us the privilege of sitting here, but so many people in the past, Lord, has given their lives. Uh, graveyard after graveyard after graveyard, Lord, uh, 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 military graveyard, Lord, is full of, of uh, people, Lord, that have given their lives for this country. Some just out of old age, Lord, but there's a lot of people that's died uh, given their lives for our country and, and for us to have the freedom. Lord, I do thank you for that today. Bless now and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And that's something uh, a lot of us don't ever realize exactly what, what went on. There's a lot of lost people died so you could be here today. I mean, lost, on their way to hell, died, went to hell. Now, I'm not going to start preaching. I could, but I could, but I'm not. Uh, they went to hell so I could have the freedom to stand in a pulpit and preach the word of God. Now, what are you going to do, honestly? What are you going to do? This is Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. What are you going to do when you stand before God and he looks and as he's throwing men and women into hell because they're lost and they gave their lives for this country so you could be free and you didn't do anything with what God did? What are you going to do about that? 
Brother, I'm telling you what, there's going to be a danger. That scares me to death sometimes. The white throne judgment doesn't scare me anymore because I'm going to the judgment seat of Christ. But I tell you what, I, I'm scared, man, that one of these days, <clears throat> I'm going to look him in the face. I've had preachers come up to me and say, Mike, you can't, you can't do uh, all the stuff that you need to do, and, and you can't outgive God. You bet I can't outgive God. There's no possible way. I just mentioned, y'all, one little facet. Uh, so many different little things, man. We drive up, fly out there to get this little truck, and it's a little white truck sitting outside, a little bitty teeny weeny truck. And we go out there to get it, and uh, I pick it up, and we drive off the parking lot, and it's bouncing. I mean, it's like the whole thing's getting ready to fall apart. And Beth is, she's behind me freaking. And, and people say, why would you fly all the way out there to get something you don't know if it's going to run? I don't know, just something to do, I guess. Yeah, it sounds like fun to me. I mean, it just sounds like something cool, man. I can fix things. And, and I like, so we get out there, and I drive it down the expressway. And it's bound, I couldn't get it above 50. Uh, and I'm like, well, I used to work on tires a lot when I was a kid and, and different places. And I said, one of them tires are out of balance. Something's wrong, bad tire, bubble or something. So I pull over at a, a, um, O'Reilly's down the road about 10 miles, and I go in, and I, I walk around the truck and look at it. And this back rear tire looks like it's caked with mud on the inside. I mean, just about a half inch, three quarters of mud just caked on the inside, dried. But it's only halfway up. So it looked like they sunk it into a mud hole somewhere, got it out, and let it sit there, and it just dried. And thing. I said, hey, you got a screwdriver? Beth is like, what are you doing? I said, you got a screwdriver? And the guy gives me a screwdriver. Go, I go, just scrape all the mud off. I get back on the road, and it runs like a top. 80 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, fine. Runs great. Uh, no problem at all. People say, why would you do that? Because I know God takes care of the problems. I don't have to. And if the thing didn't run, guess what? I'd have called a tow truck, come get it. I'd get Beth to give me we went back, got on a plane, and flew back. It's that simple. You know why most people don't do anything in life? Because they won't do anything in life. They sit there and wait for every possibility to be perfect in life. Life is not perfect. It never was perfect and never will be perfect. You got it. It's exciting, man. I don't know about you. It's, I'm 65 years old. I'm still having a good time. Uh, I like doing crazy stuff. Uh, you say crazy. No, I just, I don't like sitting and doing nothing. Sitting and doing nothing. That's why I like Jacob. I like Jacob. You know why I like Jacob? He doesn't sit around and do nothing. Jacob's got some problems. He got a limp now. What's yours? I mean, he just wrestled with an angel. How about you? What have you done lately? I mean, he sees the opportunity. He seizes it. I got to hand him that, man. He does pretty good. We run somebody off already? Oh, it is? Man. Well, okay. Anyways, I thought we'd already run him off already, man. But, but Jacob's got a, he's walking with a limp. Done fought with an angel. I mentioned this the last time, but it was a couple of weeks ago, so I want to just highlight it real quick. Uh, he halts. Uh, and, and, you know, it, for us, it says, why halt ye between two things? We do that. We halt a lot of times between two things. Uh, we are afflicted uh, all our lives by the old man. You've got to remember that you've got the old man. Jake, Jacob is sitting here. He's still got the old man. He hadn't got a new man like you and I got. I got saved in 1980. I got a new man. He never had that. Uh, he's just got the old man, and he's got God. Uh, we, don't have, we don't have a God that goes send an angel in front of us to talk to us, but Jacob had that. Uh, we are afflicted. Uh, the flesh lays hold. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. You know, sometimes God has to do stuff to us to slow us down. And we just hate to do that, man. We just want to run at breakneck speed and just run, 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 run. And God has to do something to slow us down. You know what he did here? He hit him on the thigh, and the guy walks like this the rest of his life. He looks like Frankenstein. And everybody looks at him and says, okay, we ain't going to eat. The solution that the world has, oh, we ain't going to eat of the sinew of the thigh. That is stupid. But, hey, I guess you do whatever you want to do. They always look for something to do to act like they're serving God when they're really not serving God. 
Uh, but your, your old flesh is never eradicated. Jacob went for the rest of his life halting on that leg. Uh, and guess what we're going to have to do for the rest of your life? You need, to, you need to understand there's a difference between the old man and the new man because we're saved and we're in the New Testament here. There's a difference between your old man and your new man. And the old man, brother, I was talking to and my, my son the other day and we are sitting here talking. And I said, this world's crazy. I, I don't even know how to deal with this world today. Honestly, you say, well, you're the preacher. I don't even know how to deal with you young people. I mean, you guys are faced with so much stuff that I was never. I'm a technician. I tell you about all the time. I tear that thing apart. And in the day, in the day, I wouldn't try it today. It's a little more complicated. But in the day, I used to tear stuff apart, like it apart and just love it, man. I'd spend hours and days and weeks just playing with that stuff. I look at you guys today. I got a picture on here. I made fun of Joe. Uh, I ain't going to show it. I ain't going to bring it up right now, but they will tell me to turn my phone down. Uh, we pulled into a gas station somewhere in Kansas. Uh, in Oz or something, I guess they, the tornado was getting ready to hit and fly us out somewhere else. But, but uh, we pulled in this gas at Casey Gas Station, and here's this whole row of Teslas on the charging stations. And here's all the other cars pulling in and pulling out and pulling in and pulling out and getting gas and pulling out, and the Teslas are all still sitting there charging. And we're pulling in and pulling out and pulling out. I'm, I'm laughing. But you know, there was a day when uh, I had a guy named Steve Tice walk up to me, and he had a little thing. This is 1983. He had a little thing similar to this in his hand. It wasn't a phone. It wasn't like that back then. The phones were still as big as this thing here. But he had this little thing, and it was green. And it had little white letters on it. And he told me it was an Epson something. And he goes, Mike, this is a computer. I said, who would want one of those stupid things? Now, I will, say, I will tell this. I, I cannot understand everything all the time. So I'm not going to even try to tell you I understand the modern technology. It's moving way too fast for me. I'm going to tell you that if in 1982 or 83, if I would have put $25,000, $30,000 in the stocks on computers, I would have been a billionaire today. Amen. That shows you right there. It's the time and chance happened to every man. And Steve has stuck this thing in my face, man. This guy had one of these in just about in every room of his house. I'm like, you're a sicko, man. I mean, you're talking about the nerd. He was a nerd of nerds. If it wasn't big back then, it didn't matter. So when it comes to all this electric stuff, it's all, technology is moving in the place. But guys, that's why I was talking to Andrew the other day. You guys are affected. I'm talking to the young people now. You guys are affected by this. You weren't there. You're, you're looking at me like some ancient guy. I was just the other day. I'm not, I'm not Joe Harris, man, where I'm really old and gray and, and, and ancient. <laughs> I, I, I actually know how to fix things. I'm a technician. And the stuff has gone beyond me. When I hear Elon Musk talk about the satellites, the guy put 2,800, uh, if you don't understand the complexity of that, a civilian puts 2,800 satellites in the sky on his rockets that he lands. <laughs> the United States government can't even do that. I mean, he lands them back on the pad and reuses them. A civilian, and he goes, we're in trouble. Technology is moving faster than you can keep up. Here's a guy in the know who knows, and he's saying that thing. You know what? The flesh, what the flesh will do is gravitate to that stuff. And it'll keep, and you'll see, oh, oh, I've got this. I've got this. Let me make a video. Let me do a, let me do a, we did a selfie. We, uh, we stopped at some store out there somewhere. Uh, I forgot what it was. But I, I put in there, I said, we need a Kroger's because we've got to go woohooing somewhere and get some fruit or something. And uh, there was no Kroger's, but there was the other blend of Kroger's. It was Kroger's, because you go in, they had woohoos everywhere, but it's just a different name. And me and Beth took a selfie of us standing in front. I mean, I'm sitting there going, Lord, what is wrong with us today? People in this world, what is wrong with us? 
I mean, young people, you are, you are so engulfed into this thing, you don't even realize how engulfed you are. Andrew looked at me and says, Dad, he goes, it's so bad today that it isn't that, that we're engulfed. And he was admitting he's engulfed. He just didn't know how to get out of it. He goes, we got to figure a way to make twice as much next year as we made this year. I never worried about that. Yeah. You know what I cared about is paying my car payment. That was pretty much it. Uh, when I met Beth, I had a house off the ship, but I was out in the middle of the ocean. I didn't care. I mean, I got a car sitting in long-term parking, man, and, and credit cards, and Beth paid all that stuff for me. I didn't care. I just cared about getting sufficient of the day is the evil thereof. I get to tomorrow, man. Now we're sitting here trying to make millions and billions and trillions, and everybody has to be rich and got this and got this and got this, and it takes your mind off God. You know what God has to do sometimes to slow you down? And brethren, he loves you so much. Guess what? He loved Jacob. And he loved the nation of Israel so much that he slowed Jacob down. And he'll slow you down too. It's easier for you to slow yourself down than it is to let him slow you down. Because when he slows you down, he'll slow. I don't like being slowed down. I'm, I feel slowed down right now. I was talking to Doc about that. I said, man, I just feel like I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here. And he looks at me like you're an idiot. He goes, do you understand what you're doing? I said, I know what I'm doing, but I feel like it should be doing something on a ship in the middle of the ocean. I just, I mean, I, I don't know. It's not necessarily the ship in the middle of the ocean, but it's the, the, the feeling of being on a ship in the middle of the ocean. It's like being like a cowboy out in the middle of the wild, wild west, all by yourself out in the middle of nowhere, and you have to fend for yourself. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a thought process that goes along with all that that uh, is probably wrong, but it's still it's a good thought process. But the Lord has to slow you down. You know what the Lord did for me? He brought me to Dayton, Ohio. And he made me marry a girl. It didn't make me, but I did. She had five kids that live here that won't go away either. I thought all my kids would move to Hawaii, Alaska, someplace like that, and I'd go visit them all the time. And i no, no, no. They all have to stay right here. Now they're moving closer to the church, uh, which are even closer. Then they got grandbabies, and then that even makes it worse. So if I go, uh, I'm going to have to go by myself. I mean, that's all there is to it. Uh, but the old man has to be eradicated, but it's never going to be killed. You got to fight that thing, and you got to fight it. Young people, you know what you got to do? I can't tell you what to do. I cannot tell you how to make a living. I cannot tell you how to make money. I cannot tell you. You know what you got to do? Keep Jesus right dead center of that whole thing. Whatever you do, make sure that he's dead center of what you would do. That way, when you make that decision, he guides in a direct. Guess what? I got, I got somebody. Today's Memorial Day. I knew everybody's going to have the little American flag. I put my Memorial Day town, too. It's about Jesus. If I'm going to remember somebody, it's going to be him. I looked down at that thing. I, I, I got five or six American ties. Don't get mad at me. I'm an American. But I'm a Christian first. And when I sit there and look at those ties, see, I'm trying to put some of y'all in the commission. Y'all take your ties off during church. I, I don't know what y'all do. <laughs> it never is never eradicated till death. It never will be. The flesh, this is the flesh. This is Jacob now. We're talking about Jacob. The flesh plans, schemes. It's probably you too. I know it's me. Plans, schemes, supposes this and that, and imagines that it is able to take order of our lives but it must be withheld. You cannot direct your steps. It's not in you to direct your steps. That's Jeremiah. You cannot do it. You think you can. And what you'll do is try to get God in your plans instead of us getting in his. That's a different thing. Totally different world. Totally different world. Sometimes a Christian must be broken and helpless, clinging before the blessing comes. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you've got to get all beat up and banged up. Uh, I was talking to a doctor the other day, and I said, you know what's wrong with Christians today is they've never been beat up. 
If you've never been beat up by an angel, you don't have no idea what's going on. And you say, well, you've never been beat up. No, but the Holy Spirit done whooped me all over the place for the last 43 years. And if you've never been, if you can't place yourself in a time in your life where it was you and the Holy Spirit getting, you getting beat up, then you missed the whole thing. And you say, oh, no, I'm telling you, you missed the whole thing. Why? Because that puts him in a dominant place in your life. And you know at that point, I need to go through him for everything. Amen. You know, you can't, I heard, I heard a lady last night talking. I'll mention probably in the morning sermon, but she was talking about homosexuality. And she goes, here's people, and, and she's listening to this thing. They actually feel like they love each other, and they go over to Matthew, and it says that he, he created man. Man should not be alone, but they don't put the other part in there, what God did in Genesis. The solution for God's problem to Adam in Genesis was a woman. That's the solution. It's not man with man. So should, do they really know they start this thing out in lust? And they move that thing right down to Romans chapter 1. And when you get into the thing, it's all wrong. But we will sit there and feel sorry for them. Brethren, it's, it's still called sin. And it does, when I heard that thing, you know, there's people out there who get mad. Well, you know, but I, have, I don't care if we have homosexuals or lesbians or, or transgender in our family. It doesn't change the fact that it's wrong. And what we have to do is either you're going to stand for right or wrong. It's, I, I know people who made mistakes in their lives, sin, messed up bad, and they got the thing right and they move on. Amen. I know other people who live right where they never, they never got out of it, and their lives never change. you got to sit there and say, Lord, okay, I need to go on from this thing. You need to recognize some things and move on. The old man is always there pulling and dragging and pulling and dragging and pulling. Jacob has to learn that. Jacob thought that at least <laughs> he's, looking at Je he's looking at Esau now. You know what the Lord had to do? He's going to make Jacob deal with Esau face up. And he's not going to give Jacob an opportunity to run. You know what a lot of us do? We run from what we need to face. We won't face it. There is things that need to be faced. And we think we can go hide our head in the sand like an ostrich. And he gives you, you know, God gives you some of the strangest creatures in life to watch. Here's an ostrich goes, sticks its head in the sand. But its whole body's above the ground. Like the lion don't see it. I mean, if I had my, that's a little kid. You know what a little baby does? They do this, and they think that everything's gone because they don't see it anymore. It's still all right there. You know what we do? We hide our head in the sand like it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. You can't run from facts. Facts or facts. Life is life. Uh, God brings all kinds of crazy things in our lives, and you can't run from them. You know what you do when you start running? God says, I'll solve your problem, man. I'll fix it where you can't run. Esau's coming on horses. Or camels or something. Jacob is halted. He ain't got no way to outrun these people now. He is, he is in trouble. He comes up with his own brilliant idea. I'm going to put all the people out in front of me. And if they all get killed, I'll be able to have a chance to get away. That's saving your own life, man. Jacob is still recovering from his wrestling, chapter 2. Uh, chapter 33, verse 2. Uh, he, Jacob is still recovering from his wrestling. Uh, he's in poor condition. However, however, he seems to forget all that just happened to him. So many times do we do the same thing. Jacob just wrestled with an angel. And I don't know about you. To me, that would seem pretty important. Uh, you just wrestled with an angel. And the angel you just wrestled with touched you on your thigh and you're halted. So he left you with a condition that always reminds you that you wrestled with that angel. And right here, you revert right back to the old man just like that. That's us. 
we revert right back to the old man just like, I'm going to do it my way, and I don't care what anybody else thinks, even God. You would think that if God spent his time to send an angel to you, to talk to you, that the first thing you do is stop and say, okay, Lord, what do I do? What could I possibly do? Jacob seemed to forget, uh, forget the angelic encounter and the blessing that he got. Jacob still trusts his own brains more than the Lord. He divides the children into groups. He sends the handmaids out first, and then he sends Leah out, and then he sends Joseph out. And you wonder why they all hate Joseph? I mean, Joseph is the last one. The others are all going to get killed before Joseph gets touched and, and Rachel. Have you ever wondered why? You know, I've tried so hard to keep my kids. I love all five of my kids. I love them to death. Uh, but I try to keep them all equal. I don't want them, want them to feel like I love one more than the others. Uh, I, I want them to all think that, hey, I care. I want them to think that. Uh, I may disagree with some of the things they do in their lives, but I want them to think that, hey, your dad cares for each one of you equally. I don't want one to say, well, my dad cares more for this one. No, I've seen too many stories in the Bible where it just didn't turn out right. They're all equal, man. My kids are equal. Are they right? Ah, no, not all the time. Are they messed up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I messed up? Of course. Ask them, man. They'll tell you. But Jacob, Jacob is, is dividing and he's, he's picking out and picking and choosing who goes first. Jacob isn't trusting anybody, including God, at this point. Now, brethren, we say we're Christians. And this is my whole problem with us today in life. Uh, and I heard, a, I heard a guy preaching on the way over here, and he said pretty much the same thing. He goes, we say that we, we hear this and we listen to this. He was talking about the story that he was telling was over in uh, where the, the uh, ruler went away, the owner went away and left the stuff to people and, and he told them what to do and left them orders and gave them everything, gave them everything. They need to come back and it's a total wreck. And they said, yeah, we had everything. We had all of our little meetings. We had our little fellowships. We had all this other stuff, but we haven't done nothing about with what you said. And basically what he was saying is if you have the word of God and you're not doing anything with it, you're no different than the Jews or anybody else who did not do a thing. What good did it do you? Why would you get up on Sunday morning and go to church and listen to somebody sit here and say the stuff that is said from behind a pulpit anywhere in the country you want to go? I don't care. Good churches. And listen to that and not, and not let it change your life. It has to change your life or it's useless. Hell is real. Heaven is real. Now, if... Brethren, if you don't believe that, guess what? There's people watching you who thinks, well, if they don't believe that, you know, I'm not going to believe it either. If they actually think, I like to be on a ship out there, man. I like people watching you 24-7. Because you know what that did? That put you under the spotlight, and you realize that every move you made, somebody was looking at you, and you never know what they're thinking or what they're doing. You walk out on a flight deck. Yeah, see, unless you've ever done something like that, you'll never get it. I walked out on a flight deck where there's 500 men standing on a flight deck. All the platoons are out there. They're checking to make sure nobody fell over to see at nighttime. I don't know why they waited till the middle of the day to do it at 7 o'clock in the morning. You fell over at midnight, it's already too late anyways. Uh, but you know, you think you do that like every hour and hour. If I was me, I would say let's have a muster every hour on a flight deck. And, and that way we make sure that everybody's there. Or at least have somebody go from rack to rack to rack to rack. But anymore, you don't want to do that because there could be, you know, you never know who's going to be going from rack to rack to rack. But, but you, in the middle of the night, it's too late. But anyways, they'd have their little uh, muster out there. Came in late one morning. I, I told you, I'll meet four, three or four other guys. And as soon as we walked out that door, uh, the news had broadcast back in 89 that the rapture was going to happen. And, that it was, and they, were, they were scared to death. 500 men. Well, I don't know if 500, a bunch of them were. Enough of them. That when we walked out of the uh, 
me and those other three guys walked out. They go, hey, there's the God squad. If it was going to happen, they would be gone. Would they say that about you? No, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I, I guarantee you, I'm nothing, man. I mean, but the life you live counts. Jacob, you know what Jacob is learning? That your little escapades count. It really matters. And life is real, and you need to learn how to deal with it. If you don't deal with it, you're making a mistake. You're just, you're wasting him. Jacob, Jacob, he forgot this, he forgot that. He's, he's going to make sure that his, now here you go, watch this one. I got, I got a little note here I've made myself. Jacob isn't trusting anybody, including God, I said that. My little note is that he is going to make sure that his prayer gets answered. He's going to make sure it gets answered his way. Not God's way, his way. It's my way or the highway is what he's doing. Just in case the angel doesn't do. Uh, some commentators make the comment on the passage that would indicate the verse is a wise precaution. There's no wise. Th- God is for you or he's not. If he's for you and he tells you what to do and you do it any other way than he told you, you did it wrong. <sighs> we don't like being told we do stuff wrong. Sorry. I'm a chief. I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, God says do it a certain way. I got a Bible. You know what I know? I know all day long I do things wrong. That's what I was telling you all about. I should have listened to Steve Tice in 1983. I didn't. That shows you how much I know about technology. I can fix this stuff, but when it comes to understanding, like Teslas, everything is going to go electric. I mean, you might as well get used to it. It's going to go that way. Guess what? The people who went from horses and buggies when they went to the uh, uh, horseless carriages, the gasoline engines, they rebelled against that. We're just naturally prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. We're prone to rebel against everything. Is it right? I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's going to go that way, and there's just nothing you can do about it. We can make fun of it, and they can drive their Teslas. They're not green. They'll never will be green. They're worse, the worst probably vehicle on the face of the planet as far as energy consumption goes. Uh, it takes more money. Somebody else has to pay for the, the, I saw a guy the other day, he's a Tesla owner. He goes, oh, yeah, these things are heavily subsidized. <laughs> he said, but I'm going to take advantage of it. Well, at least he's honest. I think you should take advantage of everything. If you get a tax break, take advantage of it. Do whatever you can to get the money out of the government. Do whatever, man. <clears throat> if it's legal, make sure it's legal. Uh, the horse is prepared. Here's, here's, this is probably every time I read through the Proverbs. I read every, once a month. I go through my Proverbs. This is probably one of the best verses that stand out every time I read through the Bible. The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. You can have as many horses as you want. Have you ever read all those stories back here where he just kills 185,000 here and 140,000 here and 82,000 here? And, and he comes through the mulberry trees over like this and he does this. And David, David, you know why David's a man after God owns heart? Because David could say anything and it happened, but he goes... Lord, should I go or should I not? Lord, what should I do? He didn't do it 100%. He didn't bat 1,000. He didn't ask always. A couple things he should have asked about, he didn't. But, but he did about 99.999% of the time, David would say, Lord, what should I do? You know what, David, you know what he did? One of these days, I'm going to learn how to teach instead of preach. But, and one of these days, I'm going to learn how to preach. <laughs> but I'm sitting there going, well, Lord, what do you do? You, you stop and wait. Be still and know that I'm God. Ask me, get the peace of God that passeth all understanding. I saw a lady the other day, and her daughter was going to get married. She wasn't sure about what. what she, I said, really, you should make sure. I said, you know there's a lot of right girls, and there's a lot of right men. But there's only one. There's only one for each person. 
And only God can direct you to that person. Only God. Only one. You know how many, I've run across a lot of ladies that were nice. There's only one Beth. Uh, does Beth have, yeah, Beth's got some issues. But Beth was the one the Lord said, I can take you right, that's the one right there. That's the one. That's the one. The flesh gets in the way. The flesh always gets in the way. I'm not trying to stop any. Do whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you what, you're going to have to live with, I don't want to live with second best or third best or fourth best. I don't want somebody else to live with second best or third best or fourth best. I want the best that, that God has to offer for me. That's what I want. I just, just, I'm greedy. You can say whatever you want. That's fine. Jacob has the answer directly from God. He got it. He knew exactly what to do. Uh, he, the Lord told him he was okay. He was going to be okay. He's now trying to divide the people and send them out. What does that tell God about what Jacob thinks about what God said? You don't believe him. So guess what? The lesson isn't learned yet. Jacob, you're going to go through some more things. Verse 3, and he passed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times. Could you imagine Esau when he's pulling up? Now, Esau really doesn't care. He's got his horses or his camels. Or I forget exactly what he's riding in on town on. And he's 400 men, and his 400 men don't care. Esau really has everything he wants. He's got 400 guys. If you get 400 guys to follow you out in the middle of a desert, uh, you, you have some standing with them. They just don't get out there and, and follow you just because you're Esau or because of this. You, have, you obviously have some funds. You have some money. You have some stature in life. You're, you're, you're getting up there like with Job and all the rest of them. And here comes Esau riding. He doesn't care about Jacob no more. I mean, he's actually happy. As you read the rest of the story, he's actually happy Jacob comes home. He's not like the prodigal son's brother. I mean, this guy, he, he didn't wait for the father to go get him. I mean, Esau went out to get him. That's the way it should be. I'm telling you, Esau probably is the better of the two at this point. Although God uses Jacob, and he says, Esau have I hated, and Jacob have I loved. But right here, Esau is doing the right thing. He passed over before them about seven times to the ground until he came near to his brother. Jacob was told to go home. Now watch this. Jacob was told to go home by the Lord. Uh, back to the father's house, and the Lord would be with him. Did you forget that? Laban was told, Laban, Laban came up to Jacob and was going to kill him. Laban was told not to hurt Jacob, do him no hurt, <coughs> or he was toast. <clears throat> and he told Jacob that the Lord told him that. So Jacob knew that God was protecting him. Jacob, Jacob wrestled with an angel and got a blessing. He's halting. He still got that thing. You know what he did? He forgot all that. He, every bit of it. And he's still afraid that God can't handle the situation. Brother, we're so much like that. Have you ever thought that maybe God can deal with your problems and just about everybody else's at the same time? I'm telling you, we, we sit and we try and we... Joe preached a message uh, Wednesday night. And actually, I'll tell you what, y'all stay right there. Don't go away. No, but uh, I'll probably use some of this in the morning message, maybe. But I thought that was a good message. He, ma he made a comment that I thought was astounding. And if you caught it, that was good. If you didn't, I'll, I'll tell you what he said right here. Uh, this I say, if we walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other. What is walking, he goes, walking, what does walking in the spirit look like? Uh, contrary, the one to the other, that, uh, so that you cannot do the things that you would. 
But if you be led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, and he goes and tells you what the works of the flesh are. And then it envies, da, da, da. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. When you're walking in the Spirit, you reflect these things. You know, Esau get, has the, the appearance that he's reflecting these things. They're reflecting off of his life. Jacob don't have these in his life. Joy is a big one. The joy of the Lord is your strength. When you lose the joy, the momentary life is spent, supposed to be meant to be spent moment after moment after moment. The way this world is going and it's fleeting away so fast right now, you can't keep up with it. You can spend your entire life trying to get something and never get it and waste your entire life doing it. Or you could do what the Lord says do moment by moment and get maybe what you're trying to get. The question is, is you can't guide that step and you don't know it. If the Lord wants you to be the beggar at the rich man's gate with sores all over you and dogs licking your wounds, I, Brother Dave, me and he was talking one day, he goes, you think those dogs ate that, that beggar? I've been thinking about that ever since he said that. I said, yeah, because it never tells you what happened to his body. He never got buried. The rich man got buried. That guy just disappears. He's like Je Jezebel, man, got ate up. But who really cares, man? The Lord put you back together later on down the road. Uh, you don't have to worry about that. But I'm sitting there. If he wants you to be the beggar at the rich man's gate, what's wrong with that? But we strive and do all that. You know, smart people are smart. There's a ton of people on the planet that's smart and can do lots of things. And the devil knows exactly how. That's why this thing right here, I mean, people who master that, I've got way too much hand, time on their hands uh, because you have to spend time to do that. There has to be a purpose. That thing was originally made for men and women on the planet that made decisions based on taking care of your country. Now we do it, man. You know, I get all these texts of the, the kids all. I mean, you know, here's Riley doing this, and here's Wally doing that, and here's Bella and Alex doing this, and here's Bella, Bella and Alice, and, and, and here's Beth doing this, and here's, I'm like, ah, ah, ah. You hear best phone. Now, mine never goes off. Maybe that's why I'm mad. Because uh, you'll hear. <laughs> Somebody's got way too much time on their hands, man. I'm telling you. You need to be in prayer. I got, to, I got some books on prayer if you need one. But here it is right here. He goes, all this stuff right there, fruits of the spirit. You said, what is walking in the, in the flesh versus walking in the spirit? These are attributes of somebody who has flowed their life down to a point to where they get a hold of God. No matter what scenario you're in or what world you're in or what, what is going on in the world, you can slow that thing down and still get a hold of him. It's not still too late. Uh, Jacob, Jacob is trying to hand it. I like this. Uh, Sir Walter Scott said, Oh, what tangled webs we weave when first we practice to deceive. They, uh, Jacob's been doing that for 20 years. He's been practicing deceiving for 20 years. He deceived Laban. His whole life is full of nothing but deception. Uh, my life is an open book. It's laid out there in front of I try to keep it out in front of everybody. I, I try not to hide nothing from anybody. If somebody asks me something, I'll tell them exactly what they want to know. If, if they come and say, hey, this, this, this. Uh, I, I've, I've webbed too many webs, uh, weaved too many webs in life. I don't want to web, weave any more of man. And Esau ran the meeting. I like this. I like Esau here in this case. Esau's not all that he's cracked up to be. He's not the bad guy. He is a sucker, though, man. And Esau ran the meeting, and he never learns his lessons. Some people just never learn lessons in life. I tell everybody all the time, I'm a Jacob. you got to watch me. Be careful around me. I mean, just be careful because I'm Jacob. It's just my natural default status is that. Uh, James, and they say, translated in the Greek to the Hebrew, is Jacob. 
Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't care about Hebrew and Greek, so I could care less. Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Esau has missed his brother for what reasons? I mean, brothers, brothers just, they're just flesh. Esau truly has feelings of happiness to see Jacob. Jacob's scared to death that Esau's going to kill him. Esau hasn't even got the thought in his mind. It's, it's not even the furthest thought in his mind is not even that. Uh, there is no hatred in Esau or the 400 men that's with him. You know what Jacob didn't do? He didn't badmouth Esau. Jacob to, uh, Esau never badmouthed Jacob to his 400 friends. You know, David, David, when, when he was trying to go get Saul, had some men that were really, really close to him that wanted to kill Saul. You never hear that about Esau here in Jacob's men. God doesn't reveal the story, doesn't say anything about what's going on. They're all following. It, to me, it sounds like those men are just as happy for Esau as Esau is happy to see Jacob. And here's Jacob, 20 years. Do you not get what I'm, I hope you are getting what I'm saying. You can waste 20 years of your life going after what you think you want. And when you finally get it, you realize you have nothing at all. And that the person who didn't try to go after anything that you wanted, that you got from, like Esau, the birthright and the blessing, Esau is perfectly happy with 400 guys behind him. <laughs> and he goes on, he goes on. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the women and the children, verse 5, Esau did, and said, whose are these? Whose are those with thee? And he said, the children, which God, Jacob's answers there, the children which God has graciously given thy servant. This state, the, the, state from, the statement from Esau shows no ill intent uh, from him toward Jacob. He's not even, he, he, he didn't say, usually somebody would come up and they would take out this group and take out that group and take out that group. Esau didn't take out nobody. He didn't come to do that. He had no, no desire to do that. He never tried to take anything Jacob had. God took care of Esau. He gave him everything he needed. Jacob, uh, Esau didn't need anything. Uh, his daddy, J uh, Isaac, made a prophet. Uh, Jacob, uh, Esau goes up and says, isn't there a blessing for me? Uh, crying. And he gives him a blessing. He says, one of these days, you'll break the yoke off of your, your neck. And, and he's at that place right now. Esau, he doesn't need anything. You know, the, uh, one of the best places you'll ever be in life is where you don't need nothing. I need absolutely nothing. There is, you know, I was, I was looking today because in the message I was going to look, uh, what gift could you give somebody who doesn't want anything or need anything? You say, have you got everything? No, I don't have everything. I just don't need anything. I mean, I, I said to tell the Lord the other day, I said, Lord, I said, it's a blessing, man. I can just jump on a plane and go pick up a truck in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and I'll, I will go do it. That's the biggest. But another blessing on top of that is that I got, I'm stupid enough to just jump on a plane and go do it. And I said, but I can do it. Here I am, I'm 65 years old, and my whole life has been that way. I've always been able to do whatever I want to do. You're talking about a spoiled punk, man, a little brat, man. That's me. Nobody's ever stopped me from doing anything I wanted to do uh, because I always did what they wanted plus more, and so they left me alone. I just, you know, that, that's the Jacob in me now. I'm telling you, I, I read people. People, I've had preachers tell me, said, you read people. I said, you got it, man. I look at people and see what they want, and I try to give them what they want. Not because I'm a good guy. I just want you to leave me alone. <laughs> I figure if I give you what I want, then you won't figure out. You, you're going to have to spend some time to figure out what you want more than what I could give. And it's going to take a while. And by then, I'll already figure out what you want again. And I'll get that and we'll be done with it. Uh, brethren, I'm telling you what. It's an amazing thing, man, when you start doing stuff in and, and your life, how the Lord can every step of your, your life, he can work you through everything you do. 
and he can get you to a place down at the end of this thing. I'm looking to check out of here at any time. I'm 65 years old. I mean, it's uh, if three score and 10 is 70. I got, I got five more years. I'll be 66 this year. Uh, I mean, I'm looking to check out and go home. I mean, I'm really looking to check out and go home. I'm looking to transfer for the last time. Are you? Now you say, well, you're morbid. I'm not morbid. I'm just telling you, there is a heaven, there is a hell. Everything else out here is, is, is a farce. Everything out here is an illusion that's in, in front of you. Everything that we have is, is not true. We have been lied to and lied to and lied to and lied to, and some of us have drank the Kool-Aid. You have been lied to. None of this stuff is real. You cannot take it with you after death. There's no indication anywhere where you can take it after death. You know what the indication is? It's God. But God. I like that, man. But God. I like that. I can't wait to go see him. Uh, you say, well, how do you know he's there? Because he's been with me for 43 years. You say, well, I haven't seen him. I'm sorry. I can tell you how to see him. It, I, I was talking to my mom last night. I do talk to my mom. Just let y'all know. I don't really hate her or anything. But I was talking to her. She's down there. And, and the, they got her off most of her medicine. <clears throat> she's actually talking like she's got some sense now. And she goes, Mike, she goes, I'm still worried about, about uh, my salvation. So, Mom, there's nothing to worry about. I said, it's a transaction. That's all it is. Now, that's, I heard that guy preaching today, and he was talking about lordship salvation, which he's an idiot. Uh, because it, it's just a transaction. It's not easy believism. I don't believe in easy believism, but it is a transaction. Uh, here's the deal. Christ died for our sins, according to Scripture. He was buried and rose again the third day. Bottom line, that's it. You're a sinner. He's a savior. You caused him to go to the cross. That's what I did. I said, okay, so he paid for those sins. Just because he paid for the sins don't mean, now I have to give him my sin. I have to literally say, Lord, I am going to transfer my sin to you, and I'm going to take your righteousness. Now, you don't understand all that. We don't understand it, but that's the deal, basically. He's saying, look, I've done all this. I paid for the sin, but until you relinquish control of that and give it to me, I cannot give you my righteousness. I cannot take your sin. But the moment you ask me to save your soul, that's the transaction that takes place. You may or may not feel good. You may not get your little hair standing up on the back of your head going, oh, it just happened to me. It took three weeks for that to happen to me. <laughs> I mean, it just, I, just, I just got up on a porch one night and, and 2 o'clock in the morning, 1 o'clock in the morning, I, I Lord, that's what I need. And I went back to bed. That was it. We, we're looking for this glorious, glorious thing to happen. And, it, and Jacob, you look at Jacob, Jacob is not looking for nothing glorious to happen. You know what Jacob's trying to do is get through the day, man. Esau don't care. Esau's already dealt with it. Uh, the state, uh, Esau shows no ill intent. His, his, uh, he never tried to take anything from Jacob. Jacob tr kept trying to get him to take stuff. He wouldn't do it. Verse 6, I'll be done right here. Verse 6, then, then the handmaids came near, they and the children, and they bowed themselves. Could you imagine how they felt, how Jacob made them feel? Men, I'm telling you what, if, if you're not, not the, the, the father or the, the spiritual leader of your home, your families are going to look strange to you. They're going to look at you straight because they won't know how to deal with you. You know what you got to do is get in this book and stay right there and say, okay, Lord, show me and be that. And if you're the beggar at the rich man's gate and you got sores all over you, praise God, hallelujah, thank God you're the beggar. You don't have to be, you don't have to be uh, Elijah on a mountaintop, man. I mean, I, I'm not that. I, I'm exactly what I'm supposed to be. Do I wish that I could be something sometimes? Yeah, that's the flesh side. But the spiritual side says, no, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. If I, if I told you what to do anymore, 
The family reunion time. He gets to see the family. Uh, Esau gets to see Jacob's family. That, that, I mean, it's all his family. And he said, what mean is this drove that I met? And he said, these are to find grace in the sight of my Lord. Esau asks, what is the meaning of this drove? Jacob says, they are for you to find grace. Uh, but back in, oh man, he doesn't, he doesn't want it. He said, I don't want it. I got plenty. Jake, all I did was come out here to see you. I heard you were coming. I came out to see you. That's all I came to do. And thank God that you're here. And brother, we're back together. And I'm going to try to help you. I'm done. I'm going to try to help you get back. And, and, and Jake comes up with those. You know, Jake lies here. And he says, oh, I'm going to come slowly and I'll meet you. And, then, and he goes another direction. Brethren, the flesh, the flesh, when you read Jacob, God recorded these stories for us so you could read this thing. So you could place yourself right into his life. And exactly where do I fit here? And here's Esau, a lost man sitting here, has more character than a man that's been around God. The world should never see that from us. They should never see less character in me than in a lost person. You should strive. I should strive 24-7. And I fail miserably, but you should strive that this world doesn't see less of Jesus in you than they see in themselves. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for a Bible. What a, what a book, Lord. This is a great book. I like it. Uh, Lord, uh, I've been reading it for 43 years, and uh, Lord, uh, if, you find, if I can find grace in your sight, I'd like to read it to the day I die. Uh, Lord, there's no, no other book on the face of the planet that even come close to this one. Uh, Lord, it shows us, it's a mirror, Lord. It shows us ourselves. Lord, this is me all the way through here, Lord. Uh, this morning, everything I said, Lord, was more directed at me than anybody else. Uh, Lord, help us to see it. Help us to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless the morning service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat>